After the Book of Mormon manuscript was lost in June 1828, Joseph Smith humbly prayed and repented, and the plates in Urim and Thummim were returned to him in September. The next April, Oliver Cowdery became his scribe, and they began the translation in the Book of Mosiah, where Joseph and Martin had left off. As they neared the end, they grew concerned if they should go back and retranslate the lost 116 pages, and Joseph received section 10 in April 1829, though portions of it probably go back to the summer of 1828 with section 3. The revelation begins with the Lord reminding Joseph why he'd lost the gift to translate and what happened as a result of his mistake. This gift was now restored, and he was told to be faithful and finish the work, but not run faster or labor more than you have strength and means provided to enable you to translate, but be diligent unto the end. Joseph needed to not just use his own strength, but to rely on the Lord. In verse 5, he was told to pray always to be able to conquer and escape Satan's evil designs and that of his wicked servants. Humble prayer gives us whatever strength we need to resist temptation and is one of our greatest weapons to defeat Satan's cunning plans. Verses 6-8 through eight talk about Martin Harris as being a wicked man who sought to take away the things Joseph had been entrusted with and destroy his gift. Remember that even though Martin helped Joseph by giving him his time and money, the end result was that his actions and influence ended up leading Joseph away from God's counsel and losing the manuscript. The Lord knew Satan would lay his cunning plan to try to destroy his work by stirring up the hearts of wicked men, and said in verse 14, He would not suffer that Satan shall accomplish his evil design in this thing. Heavenly Father knows all, and prepared for this very thing thousands of years earlier, and these wicked men's actions would turn to their shame and condemnation in the day of judgment. His plan of salvation for us was established from the beginning, while Satan has had a few thousand years to try and frustrate it by tempting us with his cunning plans and evil designs. Section 10 exposes his plan and evil desires to target our hearts by hardening them, stirring them up to anger, hatred, pride, jealousy, and filling them with wickedness. Satan is a master magician and knows exactly how to deceive and trick us by misdirection, illusions, and distractions to try and frustrate God's plan of happiness. He loves darkness rather than light, wanting to keep us hiding from the Lord, and lies in wait to catch the unsuspecting with his snares and traps, like a hunter uses them to catch his prey. These may include wealth, power, self-importance, popularity, and worldly things that lead to addiction. He leads people along willingly at first, then as they become trapped in addictions and destructive behavior, he drags their souls down to hell with him. While Heavenly Father is all about honesty and truth, Satan is called the father of all lies. He uses flattery and insincere praise that appeal to the natural man and tempts us to give in to lust, pride, and hate. He encourages us to tempt the Lord to put our own conditions and demands on God instead of aligning our will with His, and tries to overpower our testimony with every argument, controversy, theory, and ridicule so we begin to question our beliefs. In verse 30, the Lord answered Joseph's question and told him not to retranslate the 116 lost pages. The wicked men who took them planned to change the manuscript's words, and if Joseph retranslated it, they'd show their altered copy and say that he could not translate it the same way twice.
and was not a prophet with the gift of translation. Their evil designs wanted to discredit Joseph's work, so the Book of Mormon would not come forth in this generation or stir up people's hearts to not believe the words contained in it. Joseph was told the Lord planned for this very event 2,400 years earlier. The Lost Pages contain the translation of the Book of Lehi in Mormon's abridgment of the Large Plates of Nephi. While these told about the people's secular history, Nephi had been commanded to write about their spiritual history on another set of plates called the Small Plates of Nephi that covered the same time period. Mormon was inspired to attach these small plates of Nephi to his record for a wise purpose that he did not understand. Just as Nephi was commanded to write the small plates for a wise purpose that he also did not understand. We should be very grateful these two prophets obeyed the Lord, even though they didn't know why they were doing it, which is a great lesson to us to have faith in and trust the Lord in all things. While it would be interesting to know it was in the lost book of Lehi, Joseph was commanded to now translate the small plates of Nephi that actually gave us a better spiritual record of the same time period. Satan's plan to destroy the bringing forth of the Book of Mormon was completely frustrated, and what was preserved ended up being greater in value than what was lost. The Lord said in verse 43, I will not suffer that they shall destroy my work. Yea, I will show unto them that my wisdom is greater than the cunning of the devil. The Lord testified that he answered his Nephites' disciples' prayers by bringing forth the Book of Mormon in our day. Verses 53 to 55 tell us that the Lord's church will be established and built up if this generation will not harden their hearts, and that whoever belongs to his church need not fear, for such shall inherit the kingdom of heaven. The Book of Mormon would bring to light the true points of his doctrine. The Lord unfolded this great mystery to his people and said he will gather them as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, if they will not harden their hearts. The revelation ends with the Lord teaching us what his doctrine and church is. Whosoever repenteth and cometh unto me, the same is my church. He said not to declare more or less than this, and whosoever is of my church and endureth to the end, him will I establish upon my rock, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against them. This revelation was given one year before the church was officially organized, and we learn in these verses that the Lord sees all who repent and come unto him as being of his church. Early in May 1829, Joseph's father and brother Samuel traveled to Harmony to see Joseph and Emma. In mid-May, Joseph and Oliver baptized each other. Samuel was convinced of the truthfulness of the work, returned to Harmony, and was baptized by Oliver. He was filled with the Spirit and went back to Manchester, greatly glorifying and praising God. Soon after, his brother Hiram also came to Harmony to ask about the gospel, and section 11 came as a result of his asking Joseph what God's will for him was in the restoration. The first nine verses of section 11 are very similar to sections 4 and 6. They tell of a great and marvelous work that is about to come forth among the children of men. God's word, which is quick and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, a field that is white already to harvest, asking the Lord and we will receive, seeking to bring forth and establish the cause of Zion, seeking not for riches, but for eternal life, doing much good and saying nothing but repentance unto this generation. 
The Lord told Hiram in verse 10, Behold, thou hast a gift, or thou shalt have a gift, if thou wilt desire of me in faith, with an honest heart, believing in the power of Jesus Christ, or in my power which speaketh unto thee. This gift referred to his tender, sympathetic heart and merciful spirit that the Lord later referred to in section 124. The Lord said, I am the light which shineth in darkness, and by my power I give these words unto thee, and counseled him to put his trust in the Spirit, do justly, walk humbly, judge righteously, and he would accomplish much good. The Spirit would enlighten his mind and fill his soul with joy. Verse 14 is much like Moroni chapter 10, verse 5 in the Book of Mormon, and says that Hiram would know all things that pertained unto righteousness, that he desired in faith, believing he would receive them from the Lord. Verse 15 says that Hiram need not suppose that he was called to preach until he was called, which is different from section 4, where his father was told that if he had desires to serve God, he was called to the work. In this case, Hiram was instructed to wait a little longer until he had the Lord's word, his rock, his church, and his gospel, that he may know of a surety his doctrine. The priesthood had only been restored a few days earlier. The church had not been officially organized, and all things needed to be done in wisdom and order. The Lord wanted to use Hiram's zeal and enthusiasm, but knew he wasn't ready yet, and first needed some preparation and training to be an effective instrument in this work to save souls. The Lord told Hiram in verses 17 through 20 what he needed to do to become an effective preacher, and according to his desires and faith would be done unto him. He needed to keep his commandments with all his might, mind, and strength, hold his peace, appeal unto the Spirit, cleave unto him with all his heart, and assist in bringing to light the translation of the Book of Mormon with patience. The Lord said, Seek not to declare my word, but first seek to obtain my word, and then shall your tongue be loosed, then if you desire, you shall have my spirit and my word, yea, the power of God unto the convincing of men. Hiram was told to study both the word of God already revealed in the Bible and that of the Book of Mormon that Joseph was finishing translating to obtain all the Lord had granted unto the children of men in this generation, and all things would be added thereto. With this blessing of obtaining the Spirit and God's Word, we're promised to have power and the ability to speak in a way that convinces people to believe in Christ, repent, and seek the kingdom of God. Section 11 ends with the Lord admonishing Hiram and all who have good desires and have thrust in their sickle to reap to seek the kingdom of God and build upon his rock, which is his gospel. And if they receive him and believe on his name, they will be given power to become the sons of God.